Abide in my love. Abide. It's kind of an old-fashioned word. When I think of the word abide, I think of it as a word you might find in an old hymn, like, Abide with me, fast falls the eventide, written in 1847. Or, Abide, O dearest Jesus, written in the early 1600s, both of which are in our Blue Brethren hymnal. The first of those two hymns is the more familiar one to me, although we've only sung it once in the almost 18 years I've been here at Manchester. The lyrics of the first verse go like this. Abide with me, fast falls the eventide. The darkness deepens, Lord with me abide. When other helpers fail and comforts flee, help of the helpless, O abide with me. Abide with me. It seems like in the hymn context anyway, within the territory of our religious memory, those words mean something like, stay close by me and keep me safe. Abide with me. It's sort of loaded with this sadness meets hope kind of feeling. Loneliness meets assurance. Things are getting darker. Life is perhaps coming to its end. Abide with me. It's a prayer of longing in the midst of uncertainty. But even though the word abide, heard in that context, perhaps takes us to a place of loneliness and yearning, this morning's scripture text doesn't color those kinds of shadows around the word abide. Instead, in the passage from John 15, abiding is cast in the context of growing, of of nourishment, of relationship. The scripture for this morning is a continuation of last week's text, the earlier verses of John 15, where Jesus talked about branches abiding with the vine, abiding with each other, growing with each other. Those who abide in me and I in them bear much fruit, Jesus says in verse 5. Abiding is about sticking together, occupying the same places of health and hope. Abiding in Jesus is abiding in a place of strength and energy. And then this week's portion of the continuing scripture passage moves the conversation beyond the matter of us abiding in Jesus, abiding in his fruit-producing energy, to an urging for us to abide in his love. Abide in my love. Don't just live in Jesus' energy. Live in his ethic. Live in his spirit, which is the spirit of love. In either case, abide in Jesus, abide in his love. It's certainly not about just enduring, about living in a shadow. Instead, this kind of abiding that John's gospel talks about has to do with living in a much more bright and positive space. It's a posture not of enduring, not of surviving, but of living, of thriving. Abiding in this view isn't just getting by with the help of someone or something else, perhaps crouching under their protective presence, even if that protective presence is the presence of the divine. It's being established in a position of intention from which certain positive actions will flow. So that's why in this chapter of John's gospel, Jesus says, abide in me, and follows that by saying that those who abide in him will bear much fruit. And then he says, abide in my love, and follows that by saying, love one another as I have loved you. And it's not a suggestion to abide, it is a command 
to abide. And this command isn't an instruction to just to, to try to hang in there, to endure, to hunker down or, or sit on your hands in a still safe spot with someone hovering over you protectively. But the command to abide is an urging to get connected, to get energized, to recharge, to reorient, to get in that good place, that place of foundational and trustworthy and restorative love from which you can walk out into the world with joy and hope to live and act as an extension of Jesus' presence in the world. Abiding in Christ, abiding in the love of Christ, means getting into that kind of close space with him, with the spirit of his intentions, his will, his way, that leads to loving others in his spirit and example. The foundation leads to action. But still, that word abide is an odd one, or at least it's archaic. Abide in me, abide in my love. It feels kind of static, maybe even defensive. And so it may be interesting then to know that the original word translated into the English as abide in most translations of the Bible, the word from the Greek, can also be translated as either to remain or to continue. Maybe it's actually both. Abide in me, abide in my love. Remain in me, remain in my love. Continue in me, continue in my love. And that root meaning of the word is interesting because it gets at what I was just saying. Our connection, our commitment, our being leads to action. To remain and to continue. Be rooted in and take flight from. Stay in this, but don't be static. There are lots of ways to express that. Another way would be to say, make this your home and then journey on from here. Abide, remain, and continue. Eugene Peterson, in the message paraphrase, lands right in the same place in his expression of these verses. I've loved you the way my Father has loved me. Make yourselves at home in my love. If you keep my commandments, you will remain intimately at home in my love. That's what I've done. Kept my Father's commands and made myself at home in his love. I chose you and put you in the world to bear fruit, fruit that won't spoil. As fruit bearers, whatever you ask in relation to me will be given you. But remember the root command love one another. Abide in my love. Remain and continue in my love. Make yourself at home in my love. Bear fruit, fruit that comes from expressions of love, that is the expression of love. As in, make yourself at home in my love so that when you go out into the world to bear the fruit that comes from the connection and the vine that is me, says Jesus, You will be steady and assured in who you are, what you want to do, and why you are doing it. Make yourself at home in my love, not to protect yourself as you crouch there in the shadows, but to share yourself as you walk into the sunlight. 
Make yourself at home in my love because when you are at home, you can open a space to others. You can share what you have with others. You can be a person of hospitality and care. Make yourself at home in my love because being at home in my love means being comfortably and courageously willing to extend and express life-restoring, life-affirming love. Abide in my love. Abide. Remain and continue. Roger Rosenblatt, a memoirist, essayist, and novelist, who is perhaps best known for his essays for Time Magazine and PBS NewsHour, wrote a book almost 10 years ago titled Kayak Morning. I came across it not long ago in my stack of books that people have handed off to me over the years. The subtitle of the book is Reflections on Love, Grief, and Small Boats, All Things That Interest Me. So I spent some time with it. I didn't love the book. It was too raw for me. But it is his attempt to come to terms with his own grief and anger at the death of his daughter, Amy, two and a half years before he wrote the book. She died at the age of 38. She had an undiagnosed heart condition and collapsed and died on the treadmill at home, leaving behind a husband and three children and a pediatric practice. In the book, Rosenblatt tells about how he heads out in his kayak most mornings, making small observations about what he sees and connecting them to his larger and deeper feelings of grief. His grief is particularly raw, I think, because he doesn't quite know what to do with not only the grieving, but with the lingering feelings of love, the ache of love interrupted, life interrupted. Like I said, I didn't particularly take to his style or the emotional edge along which he travels as an essayist until I came to the very last page, and that page made the book worth it for me. Here's what he writes. Love conquers death. No celestial jury will bring Amy back to me. I will not see her either, no matter how others may want me to. She will not talk to me. But in the time since she died, I have been aware every minute of my love for her, She lives in my love. This morning when I climbed into my kayak and headed out, I knew that I would be going nowhere, as I have been going nowhere for the past two and a half years. But my love for my daughter makes somewhere out of nowhere. In this boat, on this creek, I am moving forward, even as I am moving in circles. Amy returns in my love, alive and beautiful. I have her still. Then below that paragraph, he writes this definition of grief. Grief, the state of mind brought about when love, having lost to death, learns to breathe beside it. See also love. And below that, this last sentence, I aim my boat toward shore. 
Rosenblatt is well aware that his daughter is not coming back, not in any literal way, of course. He knew that already, but not in any mystical way either. She is gone. He puts it this way, I will not see her. She will not talk to me. And yet at the same time, he says with complete clarity and faith, I would say, even though he is not a person who would claim the word faith, she lives in my love. I have her still. So she abides in his love and he abides in hers. And once he knows that, it seems he is able to move his tiny boat forward. Moving forward, even as he moves in circles is the way he describes it. But not only that, in knowing that he abides in his love for her, she is still with him. She lives in that love he is able to aim his boat toward shore. That is, the abiding in love lets him remain in that love and continue in that love. It's not static. He's not stuck anymore. And you know what? If grief is the price of love, as one person has said, then it's well worth paying. So long as the love remains, even as a different version of life continues. It's when you get lost in the grief, lose sight of the love, that you get lost yourself, get stuck yourself. To abide in love is to stay in it, but not to be stuck where you are. That is, you are at home, and yet you keep moving, sometimes in circles, but sometimes forward, and finally toward shore. Separation from the beloved is harder than anything. Death does that. But so does conflict, or different trajectories in life, or shifting circumstances. I think about that as I watch my children move out into the world, or I should say as I work at internally releasing them from my desire for closeness and proximity. The only way, really, that we can let go is to have some assurance, some faith, that what we are releasing continues to abide in us, with us, That love abides. Just a few other things about this morning's scripture passage that seem important to make note of before I finish. One is that Jesus talks about joy. Abiding in love isn't just kind of holding on, getting through, waiting for something better. It is what is better. Living in love is not living in martyrdom. It's not living in sacrificial responsibility. Really living in love, abiding in love, is living with a sense of joy and wholeness. That awareness of the joy factor might be a good way to test whether what you are aspiring to is actually love or whether it is duty or even fear of failure. Jesus says, I have said these things to you so that my joy may be in you and that your joy may be complete. 
And another thing, Jesus talks about laying down one's life for one's friends. No one has greater love than this, he says, to lay down one's life for one's friends. You might hear in those words, words of test. Is what you feel for your friends really love? Do you measure up if you aren't willing to die? But what I hear in those words is confirmation. When I love others, as Christ calls me to love others, I do not keep pulling back from them. I see them as they are. I love them as they are. I delight in being in the best and hardest spaces with them, no matter what. I give myself, and maybe I die a little bit to myself. At least to the bits of bitterness or mistrust or selfishness that threaten to grow larger than my love. I like that the third of the three membership vows that we heard spoken and affirmed this morning by our new members leans in this direction. We first asked about our new members' allegiance and trust in Christ, and then we asked about whether they will participate fully in the community of faith. And then we asked this third question, do you promise to live and share with us in Christian fellowship, giving and receiving Christian love? Sharing and bearing one another's joy and pain? Quite simply, will you abide with us? Abide in love? Will you remain and continue with us? Will you be at home with us? Will you abide in love? Yes, they said. Yes, we say in return. We live in Christ We live with each other. We live to bear fruit. We live in love. We remain and we continue. Amen.